Hey folks, it's Pastor Jennifer from Bryan Community Church at here in Bryan, Texas. And thank you for logging on. If you want more information about this new church plant, we are just seven, seven, ten months old. Uh, you can visit us at BryanCommunityChurch.com or uh, find us on Facebook and Instagram. There's a ton of great pictures. Uh, that just kind of give you a, a glance of all of the, the many things in which we are involved in uh, as we reach out to our young people, our children, our community, and all those that God has placed in our mission field. It is good to, um, to gather together. If you are in the area, I want to invite you to worship this coming Sunday. We're going to be at Sue Haswell Park. It's an outside service. We're going to worship at 10 o'clock and then have a meal following. Um, but until then, I just hope that you would uh, join me in the message. We're going to be in the book of Matthew and Mark. Uh, but before we dig into the Word of God, um, I was just curious if you remember the Where's Waldo books. I remember these as a kid. I realize it dates me, especially uh, with some of our teenagers and young people in the congregation. Uh, but this, um, a few weeks ago, one of our church plant leaders, Melissa Mayer, she gathered a group of church pastors who are doing incredible work uh, for the United Methodist Church here in Texas. And uh, she gathered us together and had us look at a Where's Waldo picture. Now, we weren't looking for Waldo. Instead, it was, um, it was a scenario in which we were to look at this picture and pick out who out of the many people that were in the in the photo who represented us now um the purpose of this was that she wanted us to open up about how it's going to to plant churches um what i did this past sunday is i put up a where's waldo picture um, on the screen as we were worshiping and i said um, what church do you see when you look at this picture full of people? And the, the illustration was a group of people who were on the beach, um, some were sunbathing, others were gathered together in groups, um, just talking to one another still. There were there others um, who were in like these tents of sorts, trying to stay out of the, the sun. And of course there were people who were fishing or on uh, boats out in the ocean. And so what I realized while sitting with Melissa, um, asking myself, well, who am I in this picture? Um, I had the opportunity to realize how many people that um, I have missed because I wasn't looking for uh, anyone else except for Waldo. And I think it is safe to say that there are times in our life when we are so fixated on looking for a particular person or we're fixated uh, on some other mission that we miss out on the many people that surround us. I mean, I think it is true, and we've all been there, that we can say that sometimes in our life we can be surrounded by crowds of people, but we 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 miss that um, that we're not alone, but maybe we feel alone or, or we miss out um, on those that God might have put in our midst to connect with only because we're focused on other things we fail to see them. And so um, I set the sermon up with this illustration and then I jumped into the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 9. I'm going to read to you this story. Um, but the story is also found in the book of Mark and Luke. So if, if you have some time to read through each uh, gospel reading, I encourage you to do so. 
uh, from the book of Matthew chapter 9, verse 18. Let me read it to you real quick. Um, while he, meaning Jesus, while Jesus was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, my daughter has just died. Come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him and so did his disciples. Just then a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. He said, take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put aside, he went in. He took the girl by the hand and she got up. News of this spread all throughout the region. All throughout the region. So let's talk about this story for a moment. When the story of the bleeding woman takes place, Jesus is surrounded by crowds of people. Uh, in Mark, we are told a large crowd followed and pressed in around him. Perhaps um, you have been in the midst of crowds of people and you know what that's like, uh, maybe in a, a large concert or um, if you watched a fireworks display um, on a 4th of July, you know what that's like when everybody comes together to watch the fireworks and then it's time um, to leave in the evening. You know, you're, you're close together. It's hard to get around and you just have to slowly take your time. This is what I'm imagining for Jesus and um, this man and woman who search him out. Jesus was a very popular person. Um, we know that uh, he had been teaching and healing people, news about him was spreading and folks were coming all around uh, to lean in and to listen. Um, you know, of course, there were folks who were really excited about him and then there's always a skeptic or three in a crowd. Um, and so, of course, there were lots of people gathered around him. This is where the crowds came from. And there was one man, a synagogue leader, a religious man. He came desperate and you know, I don't even want to begin to put myself uh, in the position of this man or any parent who has lost a child. Um, and we can only imagine how he had begged, begged uh, Jesus to, to come with him, um, come heal uh, his his daughter. Now, he was a religious man. Um, I think about some really um, religious leaders in our context, perhaps pastors. And notice here that um, it doesn't matter what title you have, what role you serve uh, within a church. For many pastors, we have to re remember this. Um, I have to remind myself, I have to remind my congregation that pastors, that, that we are parents first. I am a mom first. Uh, it's what I was told by a, a dear friend of mine. Remember, when you get married, it's God first, then your husband, your family second, and right, everything else can get in line, right? You're, you're, you have to, to remain constant with God, with your husband or wife right next to you, and, and then your family. And so pastors, we have to remember, or anyone, that, that our jobs are, are always after our family, or at least they should be. And so Jesus hears the cry of this father and he goes towards and the man's house. Um, but you know, there's another person here who's desperately in need of healing. Uh, we are told that she has ble been bleeding for 12 years. Now I get that half of our population or, or whatever that number is, um, not everybody understands this, okay? But uh, 
from somebody who does, seven days is long enough. No more, please. Um, this woman, she has been feeling the headaches and the cramping and the tiredness and all that comes uh, with the, the physical feeling of, of being on her cycle, not for seven days, but for seven days times 365 days out of the year, or, or 365 days out of the year times 12, excuse me, for 12 years, 365 days times 12, over 4,000 days, this woman has just been uncomfortable and in pain. No, please, no. The account of Mark reads, she has suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she got worse. Wow, this woman, man, and she did everything she knew to do. She threw all of her, her money going to doctors, um, saying, please help me, right? We can only imagine what she was going through. Um, but notice too, like she didn't say, woe is me, and I'm just gonna wait for somebody to take care of me, no. Notice this, she was very active in her healing. You know, I bet if the doctors told her that she needed to eat a particular diet or get a, an appropriate amount of exercise, she did it, right? Because she was so desperate to get better. And this is a kind of a side note um, within the message that, that we need to remember as people that we are temples for the Holy Spirit to reside in us. And that we too, like the woman, need to make sure that we are doing what we can and do our part to take care of one another. We have to be careful of what goes in our bodies, how much goes in our bodies, and then what we're doing with our bodies, making sure that we are getting enough exercise um, that, that we appropriately can get. I'm not asking you to go out and run miles and miles. If the best thing you can do is to get up off the couch and just walk around your house, do it. You know, you listen to the doctors that the Lord has placed in our life that we have to take care of our temples uh, with the things that, that we do with our bodies as well as what goes in them. And this woman, she did that. She did whatever it took um, we can't imagine that it was easy. We also know that uh, Medicare then was not what it is now, right? There were no stainless steel uh, rooms available and we can only imagine uh, the various herbs and potions uh, and procedures. Mm, we can't imagine that, that she had undergone. So this woman, of course, was desperate. She was also desperate for community. She was considered unclean at the time. Um, if you will, uh, when a person was going through this, um, just you know, normal cycle each month, the, the women would have had to been, um, they would have had to, to leave. They would have been considered unclean. They weren't allowed other around other people. So not just seven days, but for twelve years. And we can only imagine that she has taken. Um, herself away from from her spouse away from maybe her children her family those around us and so she was not only desperate to feel better but she was desperate for community and the only one her only hope in this moment was to reach out to Jesus and just touch him if only you could you could hear the desperation in her voice when reading the passage if only I could touch his cloak the man who had followed Jesus. Now he pushed through the crowds and he was able to use his power and his position 
Uh, this woman, she just had to, to, to just push through the crowds because she was a female and she didn't have a position. And of course, we know her money was all out. So she did what it took to get to Jesus. And wow, thank goodness for her. Because we were told that Jesus felt the power leave him when he touched her. And this is when I want you to write notes in your scripture or in your Bibles or um, in your journals. We are told that when the, the woman touched Jesus, when she reached out to him, that Jesus felt physically um, the power leave him to heal her. But he also stopped and then he looked around to see who touched her. You see, Jesus, he was on a mission. He was on a mission and probably um, the father of that little girl, he was pulling him along and they were pushing through the crowds as fast as they could. And the disciples even said, Jesus, why are you stopping in the middle of the crowds? They, they almost were, um, you know, like they were questioning maybe a poll, just why would you take time? There's thousands of people around you. Why would you take time to stop? It could have been any number of these people, but Jesus, because of who Jesus is, he stopped and he looked around. Why? Because he wanted to know. He wanted to see this person. He wanted to see this woman um, who trusted in him and relied on him. We we're told in verse 32 in Mark, we are told that Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. In verse 22 of Matthew, Jesus turned and he saw her and he spoke to her. And in my Bible, I underlined the word, saw her. And he spoke to her. What? For years, the only people that she might have talked to were the doctors and those who were trying to cure her. Yet Jesus, even in his busyness, even in his um, point to go to, to, to bring this little girl back from the dead, Jesus stopped and took time for her and saw her and spoke to her and healed her. Now, brothers and sisters, I don't know where you sit today or what you uh, need to hear, but, but this is something I, I don't want you to forget. If, if you forget everything else of the message, but, but this part, I want, I want you to hear it. Jesus sees you. He is not too busy for you, but he sees you and he loves you and he cares for you. And guess what? It doesn't matter how the rest of the world treats you. And they might push you aside like this woman was pushed aside. They might devalue you like this woman would have been devalued. But Jesus, on the other hand, he sees that you have worth. And he loves you. And he cares for you enough to stop. So if you've ever felt pushed aside, I don't want you to feel pushed aside. Not when you're in the presence of God, not when you are in the presence of Christ. And then if you're wondering, well, I don't think I'm valuable enough or God's not going to take time for me or there's no way, there's no way. No, there's always a way. This woman pushed through the crowds. I want you to push through whatever it is inside of you that, that is hanging you up from going and reaching out to Christ. Push through your questions, push through your doubts, push through your feelings, push through anything that anybody has said to you. No, you're not, or you couldn't, or God is not big enough. You push through those things and watch what happens. And you reach out to him because that woman reached out to him. 
And maybe that means you need to spend more time in prayer. Maybe that means you need to spend more time in the Word of God. Maybe that means that you need to spend more time in worship and plug yourself in and seek Him. Because God is never too busy for you. Never too busy for you. And then for the church, this speaks to all of us. As I said before, how many times are we so focused on everything else, even important things, but yet we miss the one person who needs to be seen the most? Husbands and wives, I want to spend a moment here. Have you taken your wife, have you taken your husband to dinner lately? And I don't mean with the rest of the kids or the rest of the family or the rest of your friends. No, just the two of you. And what's their love language? Are you speaking their love language, not your love language? If their love language is gifts, show up with flowers. Show up with a gift card to Academy or, you know, wherever he likes to shop. Maybe it's physical touch. Hold her hand when you're in public. Hold his hand when you're in public. Sit on a couch if it's quality time and just be together, listen to what the other person has to say. If it's words of affirmation, you praise the other person. See, see what your husband, see what your wife needs. And your children, maybe it's your children. Maybe you're so busy on your phone or so busy uh, checking emails, so busy that you've missed out on your children. They might be in the same room, but then it doesn't mean that you are seeing them and spending the quality time that they need and answering their love language. Lay with them before bed. Cheer them on at their practice. Surprise them with lunch at school. Teach them a new hobby. Take them fishing. Take them to play ball. You know what, kids, they don't really care. They just wanna know that mom or dad or grandma is there. I think seeing people is what we need to do. Seeing people as Jesus saw people. Brothers and sisters, it can look like anything. We just have to be willing to open our eyes and not miss the, the thousands of people that God places in our midst. You know, maybe it's the person who's checking us out at the grocery store and it's saying, hey, how are you? How can I pray for you? Maybe somebody's having a difficult time. So you stop and you just say, can I help you? Help reach that, that grocery that is at the top of the shelf and you pull it off. Somebody's running around ragged with their kids, has to carry their groceries to the car. You know, maybe it's the person sitting next to you in the pew or the chair or this coming weekend under the pavilion. Take some time away from the normal group that you talk to and really get to know the man or the woman or the child next to you. See them. Take time to listen to them and to hear them and to know them. Because you know what? Some of the healing that is needed in this world is simply a relationship with another being. The woman in this passage, she just wanted other human connection. Let's provide that for the people around us. And what's crazy is that Jesus, he had enough time to stop to heal this woman. And guess what? God provided the opportunity for him to continue to meet the needs of the man and that little girl who had just died. Brothers and sisters, with God, all things are possible. 
and there's always enough time and we're leaning in and we're listening and we're seeing the people that God wants us to see. And we help meet the need that God wants us to meet because the Holy Spirit's living in us. Christ is living in us. We are the hands and feet. Let's go and do and see. Thanks again.